Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Welcome again to the Defender Bible Study. This is Rick Morton, Lifeline's Vice President for Engagement. And today we're continuing our study through Lifeline Statement of Faith. We're going to be talking today about the Great Commission. Um, Statement of Faith reads like this. We believe that the Great Commission was given by the Lord to his church to disciple the world and that sharing the gospels is the great mission of the church. Um, And so what we see here really is um, foundational and, and a familiar passage and set of passages uh, to us uh, where the Great Commission is rendered, Matthew 28, 16 through 20, Mark 16, 15, John 20, 21, Acts 1, 8. Uh, Today we're going to focus in on Matthew 28, um, verses 16 through 20, and this um, this is what the end of Matthew says. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. And so as we look at this commission of Jesus to the church, what we call the Great Commission, um, sort of our, our, our walking orders or marching orders, I tend to think of this, and I think I've said this before here on the Defender Bible Study, that this reminds me of, uh, as, a, as a teenager growing up, uh, that my father would always say something to me when, when I would leave the house. Um, and he would always say, um, don't forget who you are. Um, and, and really, you know, what I, what I knew and what I came to understand that my father was saying, I certainly identify with this as a, as a dad and, and as a grandfather now, that um, it was kind of his last instruction. He wanted me to remember the, you know, my name and the, the, the faith that had been passed along to me and the trust that was being placed in me. And he was basically saying, remember, remember to be who I've taught you to be. And, and so I think it's, it's very noteworthy that this is the last thing that Jesus said before he ascended, as we see in, you know, in Acts 1-8, as, you know, as it's phrased a little bit differently. But we're just going to very quickly today go through the um, kind of the several essential parts of the Great Commission uh, as they're present, presented there in Matthew 28. So, uh, first of all, Jesus says in, in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And that's just a, an acknowledgement, I think, to us that Jesus is sovereign over everything and he delegates his his authority to us. If we go back to Second Corinthians chapter five and 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 sort of the that that seminal passage in Second Corinthians chapter five, where um, where we're told that we have been we've been saved, we've been rescued in order to be in order to be given an ambassadorship um, of Christ. That like we are Christ ambassadors as we as we take the ministry of reconciliation into the world, and so. Um, by proclaiming the gospel, uh, the church is is not we're, like we're not limited to our inherent power. We're not limited to our limits. Um, the the church p- 
possesses Jesus' power and authority, and his power and authority is lived out through the church in order to accomplish the mission of God. And so ultimately, we have all that we need in order to be able to accomplish the mission that God has given us, not because we're great, not because we're so um, you know, wise or, or cunning or crafty or, or capable or anything else. We ultimately have what we need because we have Jesus. And and I think it's a it's a great reminder to us to to for faithfulness and to walk close to Jesus. But but it's also a, a, a reminder of of our need for faith, our need for trust that those things that God has called us to, he will he will resource us in. And we you know, we see that over and over and over as we walk with families through adoption and as we walk with families in foster care that that there are tough times that come along with that but ultimately um we know that that god has provided for those tough times because because christ has not left us now um, as we kind of break down the the essential parts of the great commission the the first thing we see is uh is is jesus says go Uh, in the original greek that's actually better translated as as you are going um and, you know, in I, I kind of think back to Deuteronomy chapter six and, and the idea of the Shema passage there where, um, you know, we, we see the, the words here, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord, our God is one. Uh, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Um, but then Israel is given a, a prescription of the way to teach that and pass that down generation to generation. And 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 it's it's through like the normal course of family life when you rise up and when you sit down when you go out and when you come back when you know tie it to to your forehead bind it to your wrist paint it over the doorpost of your house what um what the the instruction is that israel is being given there is is to not um not have to create special times in order to pass down the faith one generation to the next, but it's to do it in the normal course of life. In other words, as parents, we're supposed to 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 integrate our faith into the normal things that we do and explain our faith to our children so they see it as a normal part of uh, of their world. Uh, Again, the the assumption here is that Christians are going to go places like we're going to we're going to live. We're not we're not removing ourselves from the world, and we're just supposed to take the gospel with us wherever we go. Um, and and I think um, you know, great illustration that I saw years ago. There's a um, there was a study done about uh, teenagers, young people, college students actually that um, that are witnesses that are that are that share their faith on a regular basis and of the factors that they looked at in in these young people that were regularly sharing their faith there was one um, highly correlated uh, variable in the study and it was that they had a mom or dad who was an evangelist who regularly shared their faith and so really what you know what we what we learned out of that was that that the the greatest way that you can help your kids to to learn to share the gospel is to let them go with you and let them see you as you're sharing the gospel um and and so um you know we're we're to look for those normal things in life our our neighbors the people we buy groceries from the people we um you know that we do business with the people that we interact with in you know on our kids sports teams and all those kinds of things those are the people that we have an opportunity ultimately to be able to point to the truth of the gospel and we don't have to go halfway around the world or take a mission trip in order to to have opportunities to go we go every day um second thing is says go and make disciples and so the the word literally a disciple means 
means uh, just means follower. It was really common in, in the ancient Near Eastern world for learners to follow a great teacher. Philosophers like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle all taught in a very similar way, which they had a, a band of followers that followed them around and listened to them as they, as they talked and as they taught and they watched their lives. And, and ultimately, the reason these students were around the teacher is because the students aspired to be a great teacher as well, and, and they were... They were seeking to to learn their master's teaching, but ultimately they were seeking to to improve upon their master's teaching. Jesus and and his disciples were different. Jesus taught with authority, um, and being his disciple meant submitting all of your life to that authority and to that, and, and then ultimately to teaching others about it. But but the thing here is, we don't have to improve upon the teaching of Jesus. We just have to we just have to turn it around and deliver it. And so we take it in. We we allow by faith for it to change our lives and for the Spirit to to work on us as we as we grow in our knowledge of of Christ and we know we grow in our knowledge of God and. And, and then ultimately, we, we are to take what we learn and we're to use those normal activities of life in order to be able to teach that to others. Um, disciple making is the chief occupation of every Christian. Um, and, and so we've got to see things, even like our call to care for orphans, in light of that task of disciple making. Um, you know, this is why it's so important for Lifeline to partner with families and churches who who prioritize disciple making we we're seeking to to partner with missional christian families and with churches that are that are that are missional in nature and and driven by the purpose of reaching people for the gospel and and putting the gospel on display um, third part of the Great Commission is uh, it, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A couple of things, a couple of comments here. Um, one is that, that I think it's notable that this is one of the few places that you'll find in the New Testament where here in Matthew where the Trinity all is stated in one place and and it kind of shows the importance of this idea of discipleship and so discipleship is supposed to be well rounded it's supposed to it's supposed to be a process that brings people to understand God and to ultimately be able to follow him well um no matter what you believe about the mode or the timing of baptism, I think one thing we can agree about in baptism is it's a sign. Um, I point back to a passage like Romans chapter 4, verse 11 uh, as a comparison. Now, Romans 4, 11 is about circumcision, and it's talking about Israel and this idea that circumcision was an outward sign of of God's covenantal relationship with Israel. Um, baptism is is an outward sign of, of God's covenantal relationship with us in Christ. And so, uh, what is it? What's it? What's it ultimately a sign of? It's it's a sign of our ingrafting into Christ and His body. Um, you know, this is kind of the idea that carries with it um, grafting a branch from one kind of tree into another kind of tree. Um, the fact is that we've been brought in by the blood of Christ. We've been adopted into the family of God, and that our that baptism, when we promote baptism, um, no matter if you believe where when you believe that happens, but baptism is is a 
sign that people are being brought into the body of Christ and that they're being brought into relationship and being brought into adoption. Um, second thing is our, our it, it shows our regeneration from from death into life, um, and that it's a picture of the remission of sins. We don't believe that baptism saves people. We don't believe that that's essential for our rescuing, but we do believe it's a step of obedience that we take because of what has happened to us um, through the work of Christ. And then ultimately, um, it, it's, a, it's something that we do obediently um, because Jesus says he has all authority and he's called upon us to be baptized. And so we do that as, as a step of obedience and an acknowledgement of his sovereignty and his lordship over our lives. Finally, the Great Commission um, talks about this idea in in Matthew of teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Um, John Piper says, it is worthless to acknowledge the lordship of Christ in baptism and then to ignore his commandments. And so uh, it's not good enough that we we usher people to Christ or that we that we see them enter into the kingdom um, through through full acceptance of the gospel we, we have to we have to walk with them and help them to understand what it means to live in that new identity we see this all the time as children are adopted into families we've experienced this in our own family just because there's been a legal transaction that's taken place where a judge has said that a, that a child is part of our family just because there's been a birth certificate where we've changed a name and we've said now that that a child bears our last name doesn't mean that we know how to live as a family. And so part of the process in adoption is that we're we're learning um, how to how to know each other and how to become family and and we're there's there's this ingrafting that takes place and that's such a beautiful picture of of what it means to begin to walk in uh, obedience to Christ and and begin to walk in the relationship that we have um, unfettered with God because of the work of Jesus and so um, you know what that means is that all disciple makers have to be teachers that the part of our responsibility is to pass on that which we've learned in order to help people to um, to follow Jesus it also means that all disciples have to be continual learners that none of us have arrived and we're we're learning and we're growing from the teaching of others and and ultimately that teaching is coming from the Holy Spirit but it's coming through the conduit conduit of other people and our experiences of walking with the Lord and our time and study in the word and and, and all of those things, um, and that we know that this teaching is not—it's not just academic progress, right? It's—it's it's because of the tremendous spiritual power which Jesus has promised. Jesus promised in all of this through through all of the things that He's calling us out to do in the Great Commission that ultimately He is going to be with us. In other words, He says, "Lo, I'm with you always." even to the end of the age. And so today we can we can be we can rest assured in the promise that Christ has provided all that we need um, in order to for us to be able to walk out this calling that, that he's given us in the Great Commission. Um, really thankful that you've joined us today and I hope you've been encouraged uh, by spending a few minutes together in the Defender Bible Study. We'll continue next week in our study of Lifeline's Doctrine Statement and, and we'll be looking at um, the the next statement in line, which is our, uh, our statement on marriage. And so until then, uh, we look forward to... Um, 
to being back with you here, but we pray that God will keep you and, uh, and, and pray for your week here, that God will walk out the Great Commission in your life as you put the gospel on display with the people around you. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.